We take a single episode of a science fiction TV series and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. This is the Fusion Patrol Podcast. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm Ben. And tonight we're looking at the Doctor Who episode, Rosa. The Doctor and her companions arrive in Montgomery, Alabama in 1955 on the eve of Rosa Parks' historic bus ride. But there's Artron energy in them bar hills and the Doctor needs to investigate. While Ryan gets a lesson in history, the Doctor confronts an enemy from the future who wants to change history. I, I didn't see any need to really go into much greater detail on the... And the synopsis of that, uh, of the episode at uh, this time. Um, mm. And I suspect we have stuff to talk about this week. So, um, so Rosa, what, uh, what's your initial thought? Uh, I don't have any at this point. Uh, I'm waiting till after this podcast is over to decide whether I liked it or not. <laughs> Given okay. the past two discussions that we've had, I mean, you know, I come in, to, you know, the last two weeks, I've come into liking the episodes. And by the time we're done, I hated them. So I was like, yeah, maybe, maybe I just need to kind of like hedge my bets. I was just, all right, fair enough. I um, I I have uh, very very mixed um emotions about this episode. Um, as a plot, you know, it's it's really there's not much of a plot. There you go. Uh, and, no, the plot, and I, and the I plot is thin. This this episode was merely a social statement. It was. That's all it was. <clears throat> and which is, I'm. Fine with that, and there's a lot of things to unpack in the in the social statement that's made in this one. It's just you know we just we just need to kind of uh, it, it's it's more like an episode of Quantum Leap um, in, in a way to me than than a, a traditional episode of Doctor Who. But um, I um, I want I want to the, the thing that stands out most to me, and and obviously there's no way that that two fifty some white guys in the United States are, are gonna come off as sounding particularly um uh well let's hope it never comes off sounding like mansplaining how about that Uh Um, one of the things that the bbc has been both uh, lauded and or criticized by depending on who you're talking to is a uh uh, a tendency over the last few years to colorblind cast and so we have shows like robin hood who popped up with the character of friar tuck who was a man of color Mm-hmm. And this is a, you know, I'm not sure what the logic behind that is. It's well, the actor's not, competent. It, it's is. not just the B, but that that's, um, I think we're seeing that happen in a lot of television today. Uh, um, across the board, we're seeing uh, uh, a lot of that kind of um, colorblind approach to a lot of characters. I'm on board um, with it completely in a show that's set today. But, but as an example, you couldn't colorblind cast... On a show set in 1955, Alabama. No, no, you can't. Right, and so and yet we saw something like that in the Impossible Astronaut. We did. Oh yeah, we did. And and you know, there's no FBI agent on Earth who's yeah would who, have said uh, what he did to Nixon. No kidding. <laughs> there is no way that a, that an FBI agent would have admitted to being a homosexual and in love with a and black, black man at the same time. Working for but, the Nixon administration. Working for the happen. FBI. And if you, yeah, yeah, oh, forget it. It's not going to happen. You know that was an automatic firing. Oh, uh, that would get you. Yeah, because you you're be a security. That's what Hoover was your security always risk. About. Your security yeah. risk. Yeah, absolutely. Nobody who could have gotten in the FBI 
uh, would have ever popped out of the closet at that at that moment. But we've had a couple of, uh, like I said, it 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 it's it has its place. You you can, and the funny thing is, of course, you can't really colorblind cast uh, anybody that has to be not white, right? You you couldn't you couldn't do a story about ancient China and just cast white actors as ancient Chinese. Right. You, you can't do that because no. that would be racist. Yeah. I'm and like... so one of the things that's bugged me about Doctor Who, and I, and I, I really liked the companion Martha, and I mm-hmm. really liked Bill, Bill Potts. Oh, yes. But I have been annoyed when they went to, say, Shakespeare's time for Martha, or they went back to the ice fairs mm-hmm. for Bill Potts, and they did this little hand wavium about, oh, you know, the past is a lot more uh, forgiving or uh, sensitive or, or mixed up than, than you thought it yeah, was. Yeah, they, they, it Bull was given just the slightest bit of, of hand commentary. Hand with Bill Potts. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah but it, but it was it it just the slightest touch of commentary. It was not dealt with in the proper serious tone that a situation like that would generate. So I love the fact they did that in this episode mm-hmm. to finally take the consequences of taking a person of color back to certain places in history, or for that matter, a person uh, not uh, a, a Caucasian person. Uh, I'll give you an example. There's a big Finnish adventure that uh, came out recently. It's a first Doctor adventure that's been recast with um, David Bradley and, and the crew from Adventure in Space and Time. And they land in feudal Japan during the era where all gaijin are outlawed. Whiteface, they kill you. Okay. And so that's what this story is about. I mean, there are consequences to being in the wrong time as the wrong type of person. I doubt very much that that Ian and Barbara would have gotten along so well with the Aztecs in the Aztecs. You know, it's like ah, uh, there you go. I'm not saying that they would be they would they would be a much bigger deal because we know that when Cortez and the white folk came along uh, later on, it was it was kind of a big deal because they'd never seen anything like it. Right. So. <clears throat> So when you, you're, you're doing, in a way, you're doing a disservice to history and you're doing a disservice to the people watching the shows to, to gloss over these things because those who fail to learn from history are condemned. Are doomed to repeat it. To repeat it. That's right. So here they finally put the line down and said, there are consequences. And I, I, I absolutely, uh, not only did I enjoy that and I enjoy it in the cringeworthy because it's awful to see it's very cringeworthy to see people behaving that way but at yeah. the same time it's also it's appropriate interesting it's, it's accurate it's interesting to see how they treat yaz's character yeah and think of her as a mexican because I, I can tell you you know i know you're california which is mm-hmm. a lot more diverse than arizona ever was i never saw in my life a person of indo-pakistani or even middle eastern descent until i was in college Mm-hmm. Just never saw one, right? Hispanic. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've right? seen. I've seen. I have when I was in uh, junior high. It was my first introduction to them. So I could see them being taken for Mexican. I I, I could kind of see that. Um, you know. And then I don't know how they would. I don't know how they would behave to somebody like that in the South because I didn't. I didn't grow up in the South, and you know. Although I did certainly grow up a lot closer to the events in that story than modern times um you know i i it was interesting to see her having that dilemma 
about what am I? Do I sit with the whites? It, it was it was it, it it mirrored questions I had because I didn't really grow up around a lot of racism towards Hispanic, but obviously there is a lot because mm-hmm. you know we were fifty percent. So it, it just I I I I applaud them for for taking this and putting it out there for the kids watching the show. And I, I applaud them for the bit, the, the sequence with Yaz and Ryan, who I'm, well, we'll talk about Ryan later. Um, you know, where, where he's upset, rightfully so. He's mm-hmm. comparing it to the fact that his nan always taught him, you know, never give him, never give him the op- an excuse, right? Never fight back or, I don't know if fight back's the right word, but, you know, don't let your emotions get the better of you. You've got to be the better person because you've got to, you can't give them the chance to make the excuse and say, well, see, these people are animals, basically. Uh, and the fact that Yaz can sit there and say, you're right. You know, that's the way I was taught too. And we have, there's terrible things that happen now in this day and age, their day and age, 2018. But it's better it has mm-hmm. gotten better, and we must never forget that because there's nothing I hate worse than people who are always going on about, oh, things were so much better. No, in almost every way, things are better now than they were. Not just racism, you know, it, it's all sorts of things are better now. They may not be good, but they're better than they it's, were. It's an improvement. You know, there's this nostalgia with the, with the past is... Oh, don't... Yeah, I, I agree completely and um wow there's a lot of commentary that i could go there which would really mm. turn this into a very social political discussion and i i really don't want to do that but and it's a right. message of hope you're this yeah, is, it is a, message a message of hope, of hope absolutely even though it's awful you know it's like look it is it's bad don't don't ever say it's not bad but it's better and it's getting better and people who make a difference or people who can make a difference people who make a difference you know what i'm saying they're mm. they're they're making a difference, and it's the actions of people that that move us forward. And uh, it, it's empowering. It's it's hopeful. Um, it, it's got one really really dark dark piece to it, and that's our space Nazi. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, he yeah uh, he, uh, he yeah. Uh, yes, continue. Yeah. So I I that part you know I, for that alone I would give this episode a pass. The fact that the doctor and the crew are really just, they're not exactly just watching the events unfold because obviously they have to put their little fingers in it and, and kind of bring it back on path. Um, but, you know, they're not, they're not doing a whole heck of a lot. No. Because the bad guy's not trying to do a whole heck of a lot. I mean, he is, but he isn't, right? And right. So, he j- well, as, as the doctor said, he just wants to nudge history a little tiny bit. That's all he needs to do. And granted, he does have one line that just made me want to vomit. Oh. Uh, uh, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's nothing, it's not a criticism. It is, uh, it, it, it should make me feel like I want to vomit. And that's when he points to the night. He points to that uh, that moment when Rosa gives up the her uh, refuses to give up her seat, and he says, "That's when it all went wrong." That's when it all. That's I, when it all know. changed. And I just, I it oh, it just grated on my nerves. It's supposed to. Well, and there's the other one. That's when your people got 
Oh, yeah, that one too. Above your station or whatever it was or started getting ideas or something like that. Yeah, and, and, he, and he makes the comment, you know, you need to stay in your place. Yeah. And I heard that. I thought, wow. I mean, it. yeah, so did it make me very upset? Yes, it did. It's supposed to make me upset. So in that respect, the ser- that, that particular episode, since that was its intent, it succeeded See. on that level. And the sad part is he's from the future, right? Yeah, but we, yeah we, he's from the future, but we know nothing else about him. Wait, yeah. So, uh, and I have a funny uh, feeling that this we'll episode was merely, oh God, yeah, especially since Ryan blasted him into the past. Yeah, okay, so let's, let's go, since we mentioned that right now, Ryan blasts him into the past. Now, one. Crasco is his name, I think? Crasco. Yeah, funny, yeah. his initials on his suitcase, though, were not, uh, they were GFB, mm. which that was pretty obvious on the suitcase, so the question is, what, right. what, what did that mean? But it, so, and, and unfortunately, this is the part where we're probably going to, where I think we kind of went wrong last time with going from enjoyable to... The doctor goes out of her way to point out that that weapon, the temporal displacement weapon, is very deadly. She says that. Mm -hmm. That weapon is deadly. Okay, I can understand that. If, for example, I zap somebody back to 4.6 billion years ago, they would die because there's nothing there to sustain their life. Correct. Right? So this seems like, a, a unless the weapon has some way of pushing you somewhere where you can survive, it seems like an incredibly pointless way to kill somebody. Frankly, oh, I blasted him into the far future. Uh, he's probably in space. I mean, can you control where they go? But... That's a good question. The doctor says the weapon is deadly. It's a nasty, deadly weapon. We know this guy cannot kill. I thought they were trying to come across the idea that he's using that weapon because it does not kill and therefore it's okay to use it's okay maybe he had it maybe he had it set somewhere where these people would go somewhere where he knew they would be alive and therefore he could do that ryan reset the controls to as far back in time as he can and he killed that man so we're left all intents all intents and purposes purposes. he pulled a weapon and he killed him and the doctor didn't bat an eye and chastise him like in the last two episodes. Yeah, and so I is that because that... space Nazis are, at that point, it's okay to kill them? No, I, and I, t- I agree. I, t- I took great exception with that. It bothered me. In, I, f- I felt that there was a double standard. Uh, or maybe not a double standard, but there was just something that was very inconsistent with all of this. I mean, as you said, last week, Ryan goes running out there. Uh, with with a, a pulse rifle for all intents and purposes to shoot robots, and now he takes his time displacement device, blasts Crasco way off into the past, and was really reckless about. I mean, I took it as being reckless. Mm-hmm. I mean, he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. He could have easily blasted some innocent bystander back into the past, and at no point is he being completely um, lectured by the doctor for what he has done. This is the second time that we've seen Ryan behave in a completely irresponsible manner, mm-hmm. which ma- which makes his character extremely unlikable at this point. I'm having a very hard time sympathizing with him in any sort of way. To me, he's just coming off as, as, as someone with a really bad chip on his shoulder. Well, I, you know, I think that there's a, there's a perhaps a logical reason why he might have a chip on his shoulder, considering the discrimination and uh, that he would probably experience even in his uh, modern time. Um, he's not particularly bright. He's obviously slept through school. Um, 
I I do wonder, however, if he is the character who is going to be the most transformed. Well, most likely, like, like should, uh, yeah, uh, Mickey, Ricky, mm-hmm. Mickey, Ricky. You know, went Mickey, from, as they said, from zero to hero. Um, it's well, kind of also, um, uh, Rory was the same way. First time we met Rory, he was just a. I, I found him to be an utter nightmare, and he turned out to be an incredibly brave uh, a hero of a character. So it is very possible we might see that um, the one with the with who has suffered the greatest fall is usually the one that has the greatest redemptive arc. So I'm I'm expecting him to be the one who will become the hero of the day before this is all over. But in the meantime, I really don't like the way they're writing him. And and it's interesting that he didn't seem to balk whenever Graham called him his grandson. Not this time. Not this time. And the writer is there was a writer whose name I don't remember, uh, and Chris Chibnall. Right. So you would think Chibbers would have um, at least reconciled it with the other <clears throat> episodes in the series if, if that was an ongoing thing. So I have to assume it's um, intentional that he's growing closer to Graham. Um, well, we kind of expected that would be the case. I, I also think it's interesting that, that they've done Big Finish a huge favor by by making a couple references to them being at 14 other places before they got to this one. Mm. Because, you know, at first it sounds like they were stopping, the doctor would poke her head out and go, oh, nope, nope, going back to the next one. Well, yeah, we got we did get some uh, but reference then Graham to was, that. Graham was then going on about how they never stopped to eat. This is becoming a pattern, isn't it? Which would imply they have gotten out and had adventures. It's possible... Well, he didn't get much opportunity to eat when they were uh, in, you know, for the story for the second episode. So if he's simply referring to that... I suppose that's possible. I suppose there is a possibility that he could refer to that as as the pattern. I mean, okay, well, this is the second time we stepped outside the TARDIS. Are you sensing a pattern? You know, we're not eating. Well, I mean, yeah. I su- it's it's possible, but you are right. There there is a line that you know where uh, I think it's Yaz points out that this is like the seventh, the ninth stop, blah blah blah, and, and you got you can't fly this thing, can you? Mm-hmm. Uh, doctor says it's nine, and then Graham says it's the fourteenth, and the, yeah, you can't fly this, can you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which you know, good, good. Unfortunately, we know they land back in Sheffield in twenty eighteen. In the next episode, so the yeah. the idea that they're trapped with a doctor is not going to be true because at the end of that episode they either get back on the TARDIS voluntarily and then get bounced around again, or who knows what. But, okay, now here's another one that you and I may or may not have a difficult time with. I'm certainly interested to hear how your educational uh, experience in I would say what the 70s, um, as is mine. Uh, Rosa Parks got a mention, but wow, the UK educational system impresses the hell out of me. Oh, yeah, they know a lot, don't they? They know more than anybody in this country does, unless yeah. our educational standards have changed drastically. But it, it did not get, it didn't get a lot of time um, in, in my school. No. Again, again, you know, I am living in a place that, who knows, may have been as racist as can be. But as there were no people of color, you didn't experience it and it didn't come across. I know, for example, um, that in... In other words, I, I can see how you would teach this in school now, right? To... It's, it's an empower... It's, it's history, yes, but it's also, you know, trying to put history in a perspective that can relate to the people whose lives it affects. Mm-hmm. 
which would make sense as the school where Yaz and, and Ryan have gone. Whether or not they taught about Rosa Parks at Eton is another question, right? But I know a few years ago that the Tucson school districts, which is down south of us here, where I went to school originally, started implementing uh, history courses that covered a lot of Hispanic history because at least half the people down there are of Hispanic background. It was, it was mm-hmm. intended to provide a better understanding of history as it can be related to the people who are learning about it and to their lives. However, there's also a faction of people, let's call them bigoted racist assholes, who, um, not to put too fine of a point on it, mm-hmm. who wanted that shut down because they felt that it was encouraging them to take an alternate history to the uh, you know, predominantly Caucasian history of doing all the good stuff that was done here in the United States. And I believe that's in law here in Arizona now, that, that basically they passed a law to prevent school districts from doing things like that here in the state. So, I mean, it, it, these problems aren't solved. No, no, they're not. Um, as far as my upbringing goes, and I, there's something very uh, almost schizophrenic about where I grew up. Even though I was growing up in California and I was growing up in a suburb of San Francisco, which you know is next to Berkeley and all of that is like a bastion for liberalism, mm-hmm. I grew up in a hick town. California's a schizo state. There's it's no doubt about that. Very schizo state, yeah. And I grew up, even though I was one hour inland... From San Francisco, that was as conservative, narrow-minded cowboy kind of thing as you can imagine. So uh, there, when it when it came to the curriculum, even though the textbooks were supposed to be pretty standard, you know, among all the schools at that time, what got covered out of them was clearly up to the discretion of the teacher. And even though we did have some black students uh that kind of coverage oh obviously it it did get a lot of coverage when when you're talking about the time leading into the civil war but when we got into civil rights man that really just got a pass yeah and i i suspect that may have gotten a pass from us because it's a it's a thing that you don't need to know about it's it'll it'll go away yeah you know and that's that's really sad um I remember it kind of, it it bugged me a little bit then. It really bugs me now that it's being just kind of brushed aside. It's, it's like, we don't need to talk about that. Dude, it's because you're woke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I absolutely. It, it's, it is a, I it just, I, I hope somebody who is from the UK or, or even some of our other, New Zealand, Australia, whatnot, is Rosa Parks well known? Is what she did? Would, would would there ever be anybody who went to a class that would know more than the barest of details about this event? Hmm. Um, you know, <clears throat> and and they did a pretty good job. I did try to do a bit of research because they certainly didn't teach me that in school. As I said, I tried to do a bit of research before the podcast, and it does appear that they came pretty darn close. The one thing that struck me as either a, a horrific error. It could be a horrific error on my research part, too. But when she introduced her husband, that actor looked like a white man to me. Keith said the same thing. Well, here's the thing. Raymond Parks. If you Google search him, you'll find a white guy that looks like that. Mm -hmm. And he's like a 
stock car driver or something. He's more famous than Rosa Parks' husband. And if you eventually track it down, I found a couple of articles where there were people going with at least a picture of someone purported to be Raymond Parks, who is a man of color, saying, awful lot of people are grabbing pictures of the wrong Raymond Parks when they're talking about Rosa. Indeed. And I'm just wondering if that was a horrific snafu on the BBC production team, or this is colorblind casting, which strikes me as the wrong place to do that. Yeah, it would be the wrong place. Absolutely. It was a, seems like the wrong place to me. Um, whether or not whether or not Martin Luther King was at her house is another question. They, they certainly did know each other because he was a new pastor in the town um, at the time, and and was somewhat reluctant to be the face of the boycott that started. Well, it was it was too early. It was too early. Too he, early for him to want to. He yeah. It it was not but it's his time. What made him. It's oh. what made him. Oh, absolutely. So here's the question. Is this the right point to nudge time? If, if you had all of time to travel to, to try to put time back on its right course, is that where you would go? I mean, from a racism thing, would you, would you go after well, Rosa Parks instead of MLK? Or would you go after, I don't know, how about the people who are working to abolish slavery? Yeah. I mean, uh, you could go further back in time. You could, you could do all sorts of things that would have widespread uh, Im- implications for how, but would it make for a, a big socially relevant story as this did? I don't know. I, you know, I don't I, think I, I it sus- would have. I suspect that what we have is a we have a writer who is a big fan of Rose Parks. It is very possible, but I think it it all it it all came to one scene, and that is wh- the final scene on the bus where the doctor, Yaz, Ryan and Graham can't do a thing and and you see how it just grates on them how it makes them sick how they can't stand up beside her they can't help her because to do that would undermine what would become one of the most historical moments uh in setting the whole civil rights movement afire so i think that's really the whole focal point in terms of maybe what the the other writer and 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 chibnall were trying to get across could they have Picked a better time to make it more effective. Oh, of course they could have. Heck, I'm sh- they could have fixed it so that Rosa never got born, or fixed it so that Martin Luther King never got born. I mean, there's all sorts of possibilities. Fix it so that um, slavery never ended. There's yeah, all so sorts I, of possibilities, I mean, but it would it have made for as interesting a story because what made this so powerful is that they were able to put a face on it. So let me ask this question. I I wonder if Cresco is a human. And so when he told Ryan, you know, that you're getting above your station, I forgot his exact words. Um, is he talking about people of color? Is he talking about humans? I Because wow. he, you if could he, make an I argument. Thought, yeah, he could make the argument that he's talking about humans, um, but he's... Okay, so let's examine what we know about Cresco, which is not very much. He is familiar with Time Lords. Because he recognized the TARDIS. the TARDIS. So that's something. The doctor never gave her name. No. And you would think somebody who'd gotten a vortex manipulator out of Storm Cage probably knows River Song. Most likely. So the name of the doctor would mean something. It could, but never got the name. Never got and the name. Being that this is, and being that this is the first time the doctor has been a female, he 
may not have, or maybe they, they were implying in the writing that he had not made the connection, that he had not put two and two together and realized that, oh, I'm face to face with the doctor. Just reading into it, I mean, I, I have no evidence either side of that argument. Just just posing out, uh, throwing out an idea here. Uh, as for what he was saying to Ryan, maybe he was talking about humans, but that's not how I took it. Right. That it, does, it seems I, very black and white. It, it, <laughs> no oh, pun intended. God. Oh, God. It does. It but, does but in that did. situation, it does seem kind of that way. But you're thinking, this guy's from the 79th century. We think he's from the 79th century. We're not entirely sure where he's from and well he's got a vortex manipulator so that puts him from roughly the same era as jack well but does that mean that river is from the same area era as jack because she's not and she ended up in storm cage and has a vortex manipulator yeah but she probably stole it off somebody and this guy didn't eh, maybe yeah, he said true. he bartered it in the prison oh that's um, true that's true that's true he did yeah okay but th- here's why and, and I'm not trying to take away from that in, in any way, shape, or form. It's just hard. It, it is very difficult to believe that 79 centuries down the line, or that far down the line, that, that we have that level of, of bigot. Okay, maybe that's why I'm a Star Trek fan. And, and Ditto. You know, but with all the races out there that are merging and melding and, and going, would somebody be down to just African-American? African-descended humanoids. So here's my thought. What if, and I'm really stretching, that the civil rights movement on Earth, we're talking about the civil rights movement on Earth, created the race of people who believe in civil rights that went out in the universe and screwed it up for all the fascists out there. That's a possibility. You know, I don't know. It it seems kind of hard to believe that when this guy comes back or... Or GFB comes back, perhaps, or or wherever the next part of this equation is that that it is down to just people of color. But I I don't know. It's very interesting that this villain didn't get much of anything at all. No, um, and that's why. And obviously, you are feeling the same way. I'm convinced that he's got to make another return because he. Oh man! As as adversaries go, they, he had absolutely really nothing to offer except he he was the plot complication. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's all he was. He was just a minor plot complication that allowed for this entire story to be told. He was, for the most part, terribly ineffective. We still really don't know what his true motives are. I mean, yes, everything he said seems to indicate that this is his issue, but. It's it's possible, and I wouldn't be the least bit surprised, given the history of past Doctor Who writers, if in reality that's just smoke and mirrors, and that it's I mean yes, what he said was truthful from his point of view, but it was in reference to something infinitely bigger. I do think it's interesting that they they as in Chibnall have gone in whole hog uh, in this episode and 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 so far in prior episodes. I mean we got Artron Energy. Vortex manipulators. Uh, Pulling a lot of reference- stuff out of the past. Yeah. Uh, Stormcage. You know, he's he's definitely not shying away from continuity. Nope. On the show. Of course, that could be an intentional reminder. This is Doctor Who. Faces right. change. Show's the same. Yeah, and that's that's something almost to the letter what he has said. It's, it's new, but it's still Doctor Who. 
And he's picking not just from the Moffat era, but he's or from the Davies era, but he's also picking from the Moffat era, like Stormcage and stuff. So, and the earlier the Archon energy. Earlier, I mean, good heavens, assassin. he he pulled out Venusian Aikido last week. Yes, but didn't didn't um, Capaldi use that once in uh, in the Robin or, Hood? Episode? Well, I did he or did he talk about it? I can't remember anymore. I thought he did, but I, I was, seem to remember being only. It, would come back, but yeah. yeah. Well, in in any case, I mean, I mean, obviously, when I heard about it, when when I heard him reference it, I immediately talked, you know, went back to to Pertwee. But yeah, you're right. I mean, there there was at least a reference to it in the Capaldi era. I just keep choosing to forget it for personal reasons. So uh, let's see. Oh yes, our villain has admitted to killing two thousand people. Yeah. I mean, obviously, that would be considered a massacre. Um, you have to wonder what. Why he was so coy about it, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, that was... I mean, it's not, it's not Hitler level. No. You know, it, it's definitely... But he was flippant about it. Very, very. Um, all right, let's see. Are you as impressed as I am with the number of times that having a bus driver on your team of companions has come in handy? Wow! Graham is becoming quite a useful resource as far as Doctor Who companions go. I'm I impressed. You, I did not think bus driving uh, lore would uh, would be quite so useful. Uh, I am I am looking forward to it uh, in the 73rd century when they arrive there, and he has to talk with the hover bus drivers yeah. at their watering hole to uh, find out um, what. The oh, bus and, I'm, and I'm is. sure. And I'm sure he'll say something along the lines of, you know, it may be the th- 70th century, Doc, but, hey, you know, drivers still need a place to go, you know, something like that, you know, and he'll find the the watering hole they go to and he'll chat them up because things don't change like that. That's right. Some things, some things never change. Um, let's see. By the way, the, uh, the whole sequence 12 years earlier at the beginning um, where she got on the bus and got... Oh, yeah, that was it. Also true. Also true. Okay. And the same bus driver, which I I have to admit, I kind of wish they had done something to make them look 12 years older. But uh, yeah, uh, obviously, there was no change in age there. Yeah, I you know, I saw that and it said, you know, 12 years later, and I was still kind of fuming over Montgomery, Alabama, 1943 or whatever it was, because I didn't really pay attention to the year. I was just sitting here going, we do not need you to tell us where and when this is. That's the doctor's job mm-hmm. when they arrive to, to figure out where the heck they are. So I was kind of ranting on about that. We don't need subtitles. And then I was thinking, well, actually, we do need subtitles, but not for that. Mm-hmm. Apparently, we need them for the, the speaking, but we do not need them to know where they are in the episode. But then it went, you know, it said 12 years later, and then we do another thing with these people. And I'm like, did they mean 12 months or later? It feels like 12 months later. Not 12, 12 years months late. would have made yeah. more sense. So I, I went back and watched it again just to make sure. And it's like, no. And then I checked the, I checked the facts. And, and apparently that event did occur 12 years earlier. Same bus driver. So, um, yeah. Uh, they, they definitely uh, they got, their, they got their money's worth out of their UK education uh, on Rosa Parks. So let's see. <clears throat> what else have we got here? Oh, perception filter, I just want to say. Did, did that... Let me ask you a question. You've got this suitcase that's got some time-temporally stuff in it, and you're going to mm-hmm. hide it with a perception filter. Do you really hide it in a bus depot and lock it up? 
in the middle of the floor? Mm. I felt like there had to be something more in that room. Or wouldn't you at least put it in a corner? <laughs> you certainly wouldn't let it sitting on, keep it sitting on the floor like that. That did seem ridiculous to me. <clears throat> but... Um, and Let's there see. would be, there's no reason. I mean, if easily, even you know, as the doctor's waving her magic wand around, no. there's nothing to say that. She, I mean, okay, so there's a perception filter. I'm detecting it. Ooh, it's over here in a corner behind this water boiler or something. Mm-hmm. Where somebody I might mean, not trip over it. Yeah, I mean, that's it's what it's an additional. How good is a perception five filter? Hmm, a good question. If you'd walk through that room and tripped over it. Would you? Would you know that you tripped over it? Anyway, um, well, yeah, the the universe may never know now. Also, also, I will say this again. This comes to the question of how the the British perceive Rosa Parks. The fact that Ryan's nan had a shirt that said "Spirit of Rosa," that she would know the name of the bus driver. Yeah, I, 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 I just I find that it's a bit difficult to believe. But maybe the British education system is that much better than what we've been growing up with. But then, you know, I, I learned a lot of facts about British history, too, which I have rejected as being useless in my day-to-day life. This, that seems like the guy's name is one of those. Maybe being a fan of Rosa Parks. Maybe. Maybe there are shirts in Britain that say Spirit of Rosa. It's possible. I mean, I'm not going to discount it. That there aren't it. any here. No, and but and, and but because we're across the pond, I mean, we have no idea. Maybe you know, maybe people who are watching it there, as you said, uh, maybe people who are watching it in in England uh, and throughout the UK, they're they're taking a look at that and saying, "Yep, that's perfectly right, perfectly okay for all these reasons," and we just don't know. Hmm. Neural restrictor or limiter, as we call it on Blake Seven. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That made me smile. I I, I wonder. At what point that kicks in, right? So like, we asked about. Well, we discussed that regarding Gan, yeah. Regarding Gan, yeah. At what point does that? Because we kept noticing, you know, when it went when it was going all kinds of haywire, that he was experiencing some really bad headaches even before he even raised a finger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When does that kick in? Well, clearly with this guy, um, it goes a little further down the path than it did with Gan. If you, if you dug a pit, right, that was six foot deep and you covered it with leaves and you expected someone to fall in the pit and hurt themselves, would you be okay with that? What if the pit was 12 foot deep that you dug? At what point would the limiter stop you from, from digging a pit yeah. deep enough to kill? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I. <clears throat> it's not the most logical of, uh, of plot oh, devices. I love it the really idea is- of it for criminals who are violent. Well, and I think that's what I think that's what they were kind of going with. That this is the kind of person that Crasco is. That he is one of these violent uh, criminals that would, uh, would kill. Yeah, uh, full uh, cold in a very cold-hearted manner and very premeditated uh, way kill people. Um, but you're right. There's that passive method. I mean, there's there's two ways that you can approach this. There's you know, I will actively kill you or I will passively kill you. You know, and a passive way to do that is, as you said, you you, you dig a ditch and it's, you know, it, it's it's like 12 feet deep. If you had a headquarters, if you had your secret bigot fascist headquarters in the 79th century on the planet White Bread, okay? And then you had a temporal displacement gun that would transport people to a detention facility on the planet White Bread. 
And you knew that when a person of color arrived on the planet White Bread, your fellow Nazi friends would kill them. Could you do that? Because mm. I'm not killing them. I'm just, I'm just transporting them. Right. I, I, it's, it's all very, it's all very, and, you know, was he missing them with the gun intentionally? Because once again, he's as bad as the robots last week. When oh, he I was know. shooting that weapon at, at people who didn't know he was there, who had their back turned on him and standing still. Yeah. And he came into the room and managed to shoot 30 degrees to either side of them. And I'm wondering if that's like, these are scary shots. I'm trying to scare you off because I can't kill you because I know this weapon would in fact kill you. In which case, then the doctor would know that. And then in which case, then she should have ripped Ryan a new rear end. For killing this guy with the the time weapon. So, let's see. I don't know that I have anything else. I don't. But as as you said earlier, this is one of these episodes where I felt like I was watching uh, largely, um, I hate to call it an infomercial. But it it, it was uh, an episode that was basically just a social statement. Or history lesson. Yeah, history lesson, social statement. Um and I was reminded about how uh, when Doctor Who was first conceived, it was thought to be uh, a show that could teach children history. And I'm fine with that. And I, I again, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, and is if that's the case, you know, then I think this episode did a, an admirable job at presenting it. Obviously, it needed some kind of small plot device in order to explain why they are there mm-hmm. and the challenge they have to face. So, in again, I don't necessarily have a problem with that i feel like there's a bit of a waste crasco i think is a potentially i i would hope is a more interesting character because all we got out of him made him just ridiculously two-dimensional mm-hmm. so one of the things i i you know in a way i was kind of hoping we'd get a historical we haven't had a, a pure historical since mm. black orchid uh yeah that i think that's the last true period episode we've had and i think there's a problem that Doctor Who has introduced into uh, itself throughout the years. And that is, we have to go back to the Aztecs. Mm-hmm. You cannot change history. Not one line. This is not the Doctor saying you're not allowed to change history. That you physically cannot change Yeah, that history. you cannot. That there's nothing that you can do to change the historical events. Now, we can discuss why that can't possibly be. Um, but having now basically beaten that precedent you really can't go back to a story like this because they can change history they 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 can't be there for a bad thing because the heroes don't win in that in that story and we can make a good argument that says since all history is somebody's past that if you can't change what happened in the Aztecs, then you can't change what happened in 1970s Britain, and you cannot change what happens in 2090s planet Pluto or mm-hmm. anywhere else because it's somebody else's history that cannot be changed. So then they implemented fixed points in time. Why wasn't this a fixed point in time? I mean, if this went wrong, if this is where everything started to go wrong, to use Crasco's statement, not mine... Wouldn't this be such an important event that it could not change? And if you did change it, obviously pterodactyls and Winston Churchill and and all time oh, running at once. Oh and, no, you know. no 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 no! We're not going down that road. No no no! Uh, I, I no, no I, I, yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, that's a that's a really good point. Uh, is it possible that Chibnall is being he, he's 
picking and choosing which parts of the Doctor Who can't because this and he would not be the first showrunner to do that where you right. pick and choose which parts of the Doctor Who canon you like and which parts you don't. He may be jettisoning that entire fixed points in history thing. It's possible. It's possible. And maybe and maybe he's simply approaching it where all history is fluid. In that case then could could Crasco have actually made this change and or was this preordained that this was going to happen anyway and that the doctor and Yaz were and and the others were part of this you know hmm. fixed tapestry of time it cannot be changed because it does seem to be that the whole notion of captain jack and the time agents is that you can change time which is where we get our vortex manipulators from so i i, I don't i i don't have an answer for that i guess we'll see if if crasco comes back and i'm sure oh, yes, he by will the way, South Africa again. Is that where they filmed it? Yeah. So they obviously got their money's worth out of that trip. Wow. I was wondering where they'd gone for that episode. Um, yeah, it's, it's not not a bad recreation. Uh, I'll I'll say. Uh, particularly the uh, it, it had a it had a not Britain feel when they went out to the creek. True. You know that that I could have put that as Alabama. Um, I, I in fact I think while I was watching it I was saying that's definitely not Britain. So they must have come to the United States to film this. But South African crew is what it, it ran by on at the in the end credits. Which do not like singing. I hate <gasps> oh, the okay. singy stuff. It dates episodes so badly. And also it, it's so rarely done well. Oh. Well, I think it, I didn't again it, that yeah. I think that was there simply to help deliver the point even further. Now I'm on IMDb right now because uh, we were talking about Crasco. He's only listed for this one episode. All oh, right, nothing, I should have killed him. I mean, he should be nothing dead. in the future. He should be dead. So, but if that's the case, then the, it, it, at the same time, this feels like a terrible waste of an opportunity. Well, like I said, it could be GFB instead. So, in other words, oh, you've met my agent Crasco and uh, killed him. I see. You know, that could happen. We don't know. I mean, he probably GFP is probably the name of one of the Stenza who are in charge of this whole thing anyway. Very possible. So, um, yeah. Anyway, uh, nice. I, I doubt the next episode was shot in South Africa. It'd be funny if South Africa were doubling for Sheffield. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that's what Toronto is for. It's for doubling all of the United States. You might as well. Well, just either Toronto or Vancouver. Take your pick. Sorry, I'm at Vancouver. I'm at Vancouver. Yeah, they don't use Toronto. That doesn't double for anything. Actually, it did. It doubled for Chicago for due south. Toronto does double for a lot of cities. It's either Toronto or Vancouver. Those are the ones that do all the doubling. Yeah. I know that um, Vancouver, for the longest time, was doubling as L.A. It continues to double as L.A. a lot. Oh, it's still being used. I mean, that's where the that's where Canada's film industry is located. So it's. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. North Hollywood is what everybody calls it. So all right. Well, I th- I think um, I think I, I applaud Doctor Who for for having this um, change, and and I'll be interested to see if we take our companions to other places in the past, in the future, in future episodes, and they're treated well. Differently. Well, I know they're going to go to Pakistan in the 1950s, I think it is, in, mm-hmm. in one of the upcoming episodes. So it'll be interesting to see how, how the world sucks there um, at that time. Um, but in, instead of just giving us this hand wavium that says, oh, you, anybody can go anywhere at any time and they'll be fine as long as you're with the doctor. Mm-hmm. Okay, Ben, thank you for joining me. Oh, pleasure. 
And listeners, next time we will be talking about Battlestar Galactica Fire in Space. And then after that, we'll be looking at the Doctor Who episode Arachnids in the UK. I hate spiders. My daughter hates spiders. I, I'm 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 loving this. Loving <laughs> this episode coming up on it. This is this is gonna, I'll bet. gonna be a hoot. Listeners, listeners, I hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. Cheers. Fusion Patrol is a Lone Locust production. Like us? Please consider becoming our sponsor at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. We'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review on iTunes. Stop by and visit us at our website, fusionpatrol.com. Search for us on Facebook under Fusion Patrol. Check out our Twitter handle at Fusion Patrol. Or just send us an email at feedback at fusionpatrol.com. Please come join the conversation. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I had a thought and it's gone. Oh. Uh-oh. It's just like right out of the brain. Um remember that let's see can i can i come up with it and then cut this part out where i'm prevaricating it (laughs) and go um what the heck was it it was oh okay yeah i know it is